I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Alright folks, it's time now for the General Knowledge Podcast Season 2, Episode 20. We're up to already, which is pretty cool. We're getting uh, a little bit closer to the end of the season. Uh, Only about four more episodes to go, I think. I think I do about 24 for the season, but getting there and things are happening thick and fast here in this country and we're going to go over a whole bunch of stuff uh, for this episode today. There's... um, we're a little bit unavailable on this, well, I was unavailable this weekend, so I figured we'll jump on Strike While the Iron's Hot, get a podcast done on Friday and pump it out rather than waiting another week for the listeners. Um, you guys are after a whole bunch of info and we're happy to bring it all to you. But of course today I've got the boys with us, uh, the boys are back in town, Andy is with me and Ethan as well. Andy, how you going brother? I'm very good, thanks General. Yeah, um, really excited for today's episode. And, uh, Glad to be a Queenslander yeah. rather than a Victorian? Uh, absolutely, man! My gosh, I thought I thought it was a bit Dragonian up here until you, until we see what's going on down there. But yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll cover that. Yeah, I'm sure. Awesome, Ethan. You're with us, man. How are you? Good to have you back on the show. Yeah, thanks, General. Good to be back. It's um, it's all happening, isn't it? Oh, it's man. all starting to gear up. So I'm looking forward to sort of unraveling that as we go. I might be kicking off another. 14 fortnights of coronavirus coverage general this oh. might be the episode well know. you know this is this is wave two of corona podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's uh it's crazy it's stuff mate i know i mean we haven't even had a first wave let alone a fucking second one but geez they're talking it up something chronic aren't they i mean they talked it up before all the protests or around the time they, they handled the the, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests and all that sort of stuff. Oh, second wave, second wave. Then, of course, sure enough, Victoria's back in lockdown. But, yeah, we'll get into all that momentarily, lads. I just wanted to let the listeners out there know that, um, uh, yeah, the General Knowledge Podcast is doing really good. Um, this is this will be episode 44 all up so far. 
Um, we've had some really good guests on lately. I hope everyone's been listening. We had James Corbett on just recently, um, which was really good. I, <laughs> I was saying to Ethan, I mean, saying to Andy, Ethan, you probably heard on when you listened to it. I'm guessing you listened to it, but oh, that's yeah. the first show I've been nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been nervous on any show. That was the first time I've actually been nervous to have an interview. <laughs> yeah, I was. I could. I, I could hint that a little bit, General. But you held yourself, held yourself really well. Yeah, Obviously, I think I, I, think I came good halfway through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you got into the spring of it, it's um, it's crazy. It's almost come full circle, mate. James Corbett, obviously a big part of some of the early days of of what we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. his his nine eleven video in five minutes. That video was tremendous back in the day, so to have him on the podcast, I think was was a was a great achievement for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was good. I mean, um, I know I probably didn't give Andy enough opportunities to jump in, but I mean, I know you don't mind sitting in the wings having a good oh, listen, Ando. <laughs> no, no, that was a, that. I implore the uh, listeners to go back if they haven't um, like listened to that Corbett podcast yet, because it was. It was really, really good, and um, you know some of these some of these guests are just brilliant talkers too. So you just you just gotta let them have the floor. Yeah. No, it was a really, really great episode. I, I love that information. how he can just pull he just pulls this info like just from his brain, like just bang, bang, bang. Like he's so mm. good at it. I mean, he just lives and breathes it. I mean, that's that'll be Ethan that's in, in like three months' time. It'll be <laughs> we'll do a pub with Ethan. He'll have. Nothing ready, but he'll be like, bang, 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 just fucking living and breathing it, all the info at his fingertips constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I take a lot of inspiration from James, for sure, Same. in that regard. Yeah. Yes. That's, 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 and I meant that when I said it in the podcast, too. That's like the epitome of where I sort of want to be. So, you know, mm. when you set goals for yourself, you know, in a few years' time or whatnot, you know, that's the sort of level you kind of want to be at. And I, like yourself, um, well, you're doing it, just like what John LeBond did, because that's another guest we had on. Uh, well, actually, it was a swap cast. I was actually on his show. Um, but, yeah, John LeBond's been doing that. He's living overseas and traveling and uh, basically running his website and podcasts and stuff um, from his members. And uh, you've pretty much finished up work, and now you're going to do the same sort of thing, aren't you, Ethan? Just, you, might, you might as well just let the listeners know now that that's kind of what you're, you're thinking of doing. Not Maybe not the travel side of it, but um, TOTT News is going to be going to a whole new level, I reckon. Yeah, general. So it's been a been a bit of a journey. Um, obviously, all the members out there that are listening, they're obviously the ones to thank for all the work that you see coming out on tottnews.com, you know, all of the articles and videos and, and really are responsible for the increase in, in content and everything that we've been doing over the last couple of years. And the whole goal over the last two years for me personally was to eliminate a lot of the um, let's call them responsibilities or, you know, commitments that I had in the world, whether it be work or debts or or whatever the case may be, so I can invest more of myself and and my energy into the website. So over the last two years, it's it's been a very interesting process, you know, moving to part-time work and then, you know, moving now to being able to do the the website full-time and just planning out where that's going to go and that's thanks to all of the people out there that have been joining up and supporting and, you know, really understand what we're trying to do with the website. We're trying to grow it and trying to build a, a growing like-minded community on there. So that's what we're doing there. I, I owe a lot to my good man, John Bond for paving the way in that respect, showing that, you know, people, if they do genuinely care about your work, will support it. And, you know, it, it acts as a good filter to really find out who those real supporters are of your work, you know, that really want to see it progress and, and go forward. And 
I'm really happy with where it's come and yeah, I'm looking forward yeah, to the future, mate. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And I, I think back to when we first started doing this podcast, like, you know, when was it? Like two years ago, whatever it is. Yeah, um, wow. And I, I think of what your site looked like then and, and how far it's come. And, you know, I mean, it looks really good now. Like, I think you've got a really good website going now. Um, it, it just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just next level. And you can Thanks, see mate. it. Yeah, it's it's evident, you know what I mean? So I really hope everyone out there who listens to this can appreciate that and and, the, and what you do. Um, I mean, I, I, even, I, even I aspire to reach that kind of level. I'm going to hit you up probably at the end of this episode off air. I'll just have a quick few questions about um, a few things that I want to do as well. So if you can free me 10 minutes of your time at the end, that'd be awesome. I have a few questions about um, yeah, that whole payment side of things and the next level stuff. So Because that's where... Um, the general knowledge podcast will hopefully go. So season three, I keep saying this. I've been saying this for a while now, folks. Um, we're going to still do a, a regular podcast and, and nut it out there for the folks, but there will be uh, extra content and that extra content will be only for people who are going to be jumping on and, and supporting what we're doing. So it's mm. basically going to be a whole extra series of podcasts and, um, and content just for people who are supporting. So, I mean, it's going to be next level as well. So, which is it's exciting general it's you know i'm actually I did looking the same. forward to it yeah yeah you know like i did the same with um adam from Kraz files he had mm-hmm. a chat with me about you know launching his paywall and whatnot and you know there's always just been this stigma around oh you shouldn't have to pay for the truth but it, it's you know when when you see how it works it's when you know everything's not going behind a paywall in fact the majority of the content still is out there publicly but you know, the people behind the paywall are the reason that for the public listeners out there that you get to see all of this stuff, that you get to see the podcasts and the website and all of this type of progression and the news that we can put out there. It's because of these people behind the scenes that, you know, they're going to work and, and they they believe in the message that we're putting out there. And so they want to support that. And in turn, it helps the public audience grow. So, you know, just trying to change that perception especially in my mind was you know i always thought that you know nobody would really pay for the truth but i i, f- I feel like people given the time and and how it is that they really want to get behind something like this and i'm excited for you general to to really connect with your audience on that genuine level you know yeah. because it's it's one thing just to have public and support which we you know we appreciate more than anything but when someone goes here i'm i'm going to give you my hard earned money each month to support what you're doing you know it adds a different kind of connection there so it's it's a wonderful thing that we're trying to build here yeah i mean it's in people who really got to kind of just think about it in that kind of small level like i mean it's you can jump on board for five bucks a month like i mean think about what you might waste five bucks on in a day i mean we're just talking it's one month you know throw five bucks or even more if you can do it our way your way adam's way you know what i mean like Mm-hmm. Even if you're doing all three of us for five bucks a month, I mean, seriously, it's not that much money. You know what I mean? And and I mean, people people pay a daily subscription to the Courier Mail for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 literally worse than toilet paper, and and people are buying that, and they're spending more on that. I mean, why not just do yeah, do five bucks a month for for us and and for you and for Adam and just. Yeah, you know, help us out because the the content that's going to come from that is going to be so much more, and it's going to help things in the future as well. So, you know, people are going to see it as getting in on the ground floor and helping out. You know, this real independent uh, Australian alternative media. You know, it's uh, it's necessary. And, and just looking at the world as it is now, we can see how necessary it is trying to cut through 
all of the bullshit that is out there, it, it is a full-time job trying to do, to do that. You know what I mean? So, mm. um, and, that, and that's what I think, you know, we've tried to, you know, with all the public content that we put out, what I try to put across there is trying to put that message out there that we are here for you. We are trying to build something. You know what I mean? And, and I think that people do resonate with that. And as you said, you know, people pay you know a lot more money for different things but you know when it comes to to getting behind something like this there's always been that stigma around there but you know i've i've really appreciate all the support that comes through yeah. absolutely yeah that's awesome and um, we're trying to build you know it's not it's not like it, it's and this was my point um that i just forgot there for a second but when we put this content out there to show you that we're here you know it's we it's not like that we're we're trying to to live greedily off of all the money that we get there you know like we can make more money just stacking shelves at Woolworths than we could off of this website it's only a very niche market but when you're someone like me who's willing to sacrifice almost everything and cut almost everything out of your life so that that little amount you can live off and you can dedicate yourself to doing this then that's where it comes into play you know what i mean it mm. it comes into play where those two things mix together and general, I know that you've put out so much content over these years, and I'm looking forward to to seeing that and and being a part of that and appearing on your shows and and promoting it and you know really trying to put those vibes out there to to start getting everyone sort of growing so we can become this unified front against all of this media deception, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely necessary. Just more more now than ever. Um, but back back on. Um just with, with regards to the general knowledge podcast too, again, so uh, James Corbett recently, before that, Meryl Dory with um, talking about the Vax bus tour and a whole a whole much more as well. Um, that was a great show with Meryl. It was awesome to have her on. Before that, you know, we had Victor Tay as well, which was, that was a really good conversation that, um, that, that Andy and I and, um, were you on that one? You went on that one, were you? Ethan. Which one was this? Sorry, with Victor with Victor Tay. Ah, uh, no, no, it was no, just Andy. I missed and I, that wasn't one as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to. I'll just read this out quickly. And obviously, sorry, before that was that John LeBon one I did. But I just wanted. To, I promised this guy I would read it out. So he sent me an email, and he he gave me permission to read this out. And it was just with regards to that podcast we did with Victor. So Andy, um, you'll resonate with this email as well because it was more to what you were talking about. Um, with regards to, you know, why aren't the churches stepping in and, you know, trying to realign them, you know, their, 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 their community, their communion, whatever you call it, with freedom and rights and all sorts of stuff, you know what I mean? So I'll just read this, this email out and you, I'll let you comment on it first, um, Andy. Because I did reply to yeah. this guy, but I'll just read this one for you. So I said, it was good hearing that podcast with Victor Tay. Um, this is from Matthew, by the way. No, no, I won't say the surname. Uh, so Matthew says, yep, uh, it was good hearing that podcast with Victor Tay. I'm glad the question was raised. What are the churches doing about the lockdown? I don't want to go on a tirade about churches, as I like to think of the people there as brothers. You see, I have Christian beliefs, but I don't go to a church. But I have gone to many churches in the distant past. I tried more recently, but have been, haven't been overly impressed. I don't believe the charge of hypocrisy I hear is correct or fair. And I could write some paragraphs on that, but I won't. My charge is that the church community is shallow and living in kind of a, an alternative reality, as most of our population is. The services can be deep and meaningful, but the service is followed up by coffee and cupcakes with shallow conversation and small talk. Sure, people want to get to know the basics about people, but how meaning, meaningful a place is getting asked straight up, where do you live? 
20 times in a row. The average pastor seems first and foremost interested in your job and won't even open up on any spiritual conversation. Going in some churches, you feel distant or are they clicky, uh, like you're not part of them, especially if you think outside the box. Anyway, uh, you can go back to a church and go for a period of months or years and it really gets no better. It feels like some kind of social club or people just go along for the service and go home. I'm talking generally, but there is often little... Uh, little true growth and development, and the members look and sound like they are trapped in some kind of awkward TV commercial. I wonder if any Christian has ever written a thesis on the phenomenon. In short, they do nothing and say nothing about the type of things you address in your show. How can they be a hotbed of activity when there's not even a hotbed of discussion? They hardly make a peep about their churches being locked down. They hardly made a peep back in the 90s with the religious vilification laws being rolled out. They've hardly made a peep over the years as society has disintegrated around them. Many in that system think they shouldn't get political or keep their noses out of stuff. And the churches that do get political are the progressive ones like the Uniting Church that jump up and down screaming for more action on climate change or more immigration, etc. Most churches are businesses under our equivalent of a 501c3. I wrote to a pastor late last year as I dropped into a church a couple of times to challenge him. I asked him in and said in my email, do you know the age we are living in? I think we're living in a diabolical era where the battle lines are drawn everywhere. I didn't get a reply, but I hope that I hope that echoed through his head as we have been through the times we have. I hope the church closures have woken some of them up. Thanks again, General. I hope my thoughts have helped. All the best with your shows, Matthew. Interesting. That was a really good email. I really do appreciate that, Matthew. Um, and he made some really good points that, you know, we were talking about, um, Andy, uh, with regards to Victor and why the churches aren't doing anything, all this sort of stuff. And I think Matthew in that email kind of just sums it up. You know, these are just, they're not, it's not there about, you know, real intimate, real life discussions about what's really happening. It's just this whole chit chat, small talk, be nice to each other, have a cup, have a coffee and a cupcake and then go home. You know, it's, it's, these people just need to be shaken silly and woken up a bit of thing. Andy, I'll just get your thoughts on that um, first of all, because you remember the conversation, don't you? Yeah, sure do. Yeah. Look, um, yeah, look, I, the first words that fruit spring to my mind is like the apathy is like jaw dropping yeah, in this good, country. Yeah, good word. You know, like, and, you know, like, if you think about how many decades we've had of like relative peace in this country, I think it's just. I think I think you know pastors and and priests within big organisations like you know Catholic churches and things like that. I think I think it's been a good life for them. You know, like it's it's sort of like none of the none of the church ministers or anything like that have ever been involved in war or like destruction of property or you know and the country overrun by a foreign force or anything like that. And I think that's right. I think that's probably the good and the bad thing with like Australia as a whole. Like we've had, you know, like 80, 80 years, if you can imagine, eighty years of like relative like like peace in this country. If you sort of preclude maybe the Vietnam War, which wasn't didn't really include, you know, that many Australian men really, you know, as as a whole. Nothing. It was nothing like the first or the second world war, and I'm sure none of these priests were went to war themselves, like Vietnam or anything like that. But like, 
there's been no adversity, you know, coming into the culture. And I think probably, you know, these the churches and you know stuff are probably the you know the canary in the in the coal mine, you know. And um, uh, yeah, but they're, they're very soft people. They're gentle people. They're probably used to doing you know, funerals and weddings and, you know, it's just where their mindset's at and in thinking outside of that little, like, religious sphere is, like, you know, a bit beyond them, you know, like, it's sort of, it's like, yeah, I think we have to look way beyond those organisations. You don't see it anymore. You yeah. don't see any pastors coming out and saying something. You know, other than Victor, like, <laughs> other than Victor, yeah. Well, of course, Victor's obviously like absolutely exceptional. You know? mm. but, um, yeah, but, but it's uh, inter- it is interesting, Andy. I mean, I that it is definitely an apathy thing for sure, mate. Um, I have to agree with you there. But it, it, you really got to look at church in general and what they were. That whole religious, uh, not really, not religion, but. Um, you know, making people go to church and follow a religion, a religious doctrine in that sense. Um, it, it was always used as a control mechanism. So, I mean, these people are literally just under control. That's the people who sort of tend to go to church and do that. So they don't step outside of that because they're afraid of the repercussions of that. So they cannot have real discussions and stuff because they're programmed not to, basically. I mean, fair enough, if you want to believe in... You know, believe in a god or or be a spiritual person that's fine you, you can do it out of the comfort of your own home you don't need to go to a go to a, a church to do that and and follow a particular religious doctrine that's literally there like i said as a control mechanism you know that in my point of view organized religion like that is is literally just a control mechanism um, and it's been proven to be that over the years um, I mean, you know I mean, mean, churches. I mean, traditionally, churches and the, and the get together and stuff and and like, you know, um, I forget the word of it now. But anyway, but like, but getting together with like-minded people and things like that traditionally, like, has been very good for people, and it's been very good for Australians to get together and and to sort of, you know, like share ideas and and things like that. But mm. I think, I think, I think definitely. Time has moved past that now, so and of course, gener- definitely the the mentality of a lot of these people running churches has definitely like like remained in the old days. So mm. you know, like it's it's we either need to catch up or something. But I mean, my point is to like you shouldn't be too down on the whole thing. Like I mean churches and Christianity has been very, very good for Australia over, you know, especially during the, the early days of this of this country. You know, it, it really has, like, brought a lot of people together and, 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 like, you know, brings a lot of structure in people's lives and, and everything like that. But, you know, so we shouldn't, we shouldn't be too down on, on what's, on how things have rolled because... A lot of people do need a lot of grounding and a lot of structure, mm. and and society is very very loose and very all over the show at the moment too. So, uh, I'm not saying churches are what they all need, but like, you know, they need structure. They need some basic kind of like guidance where, where you know, when families are all broken up and everything, and you know, like there's yeah, no there, there is. A, I know what you mean. There, there does seem to be a place for it in society to a to a degree for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, like I'll just quickly read my response. It's not that long, and then I'll, I'll just Ethan. I don't know if Ethan, if you had any comments on that, but you uh, feel free to after after I finish this. Otherwise, we'll just move on. But I just replied to Matt. I said, look. Thanks so much for your insights. I'm not a religious person. Spiritual to a, group, to a degree, yes, but not religious. Um, it's hard to contemplate what goes on in them. But from what you said, it sounds exactly like I imagined. People like that seem so hell-bent, excuse the pun, on doing their best not to offend anyone and avoid real conversations. It's anathema to my way of life. You need real conversations so that there's substance and conviction. Otherwise, what's the point? Sometimes people get offended, but that's made to be more of an emotional response these days, which is by design. We, off, we must offend to a degree in order to break the programming a little. That's basically all I said to him. So and I was yeah wrapped it up after that. But that's that's how I feel about the situation anyway. You know, it's uh, I think you got to have that. You, you need to have a real conversation. You need to offend in order to, like I said, break that programming a little bit. Get people uh, away from it. Just acting emotionally all the time. Anyway, uh, Ethan, did you want to add anything to that before we move on? No, I think he's covered it all there, boys. It's a very interesting um, discussion. You know, I just think ultimately at the end of the day, it's we're sort of seeing the, the culmination of the the Darwinian scientific revolution to become the new religion. You know, this yeah. is what's what's happening now. We're not seeing the, uh, the former dominant religion, the church, fight back against the the imposing new religion of science. You know, scientism. <laughs> scientism, the World Health Organization, COVID-19, believe yeah. your medical doctors. This is the new religion that's um, taking well, instead over. Of, instead of white white uh, robes up on the uh, up on the pulpit, um, it, it's it's white lab coats. Um, you know what I mean? That's what they're wearing these days. So, yep, absolutely, General. So, yeah, I think on the grander scale, that's sort of my point that I can add is I think that ultimately it comes down to that and there's a lot of branches that stem off of that and you know what happened to the church and what role they play in society and what is faith and all this type of stuff mm. but ultimately yeah I think it, it just comes down to that we're seeing the uh, the combination of of a revolution that's been you know 250 years in the making you know mm. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll move away from uh, from that discussion now. We'll get into some uh, hardcore topics that we've been urging and dying to talk about. Um, and that is, of course, Victoria. <laughs> Victoria, Victoria, Victoria. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, I, I broke that dis- into discussion with James Corbett on the podcast with regards to how they're incentivizing... <laughs> incentivizing people to get tested of course so they're incentivizing COVID-19 to a degree of course uh, and hence the article <laughs> I was a bit tongue in cheek as, as per usual with my shit but uh, incentivizing COVID-19 a Victorian success story uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might like that one Ethan but anyway July 5th that was put up uh, so head over to realnewsaustralia.com and check it out uh, but yeah, basically that's that's the gist of it, folks. So for those who aren't aware, I'm sure you're all aware. Listeners will be, of course. But feel free to spread this information far and wide. Uh, the Victorian state government, courtesy of the Honourable Dan Andrews, um, who is the Premier of the state down there, on Saturday the 20th of June, uh, they put out a statement. A whole bunch of other things in the statement, of course, but key part of the information in there is towards the bottom where it says uh, how they want to. I'll just start reading the paragraph, just this one paragraph, which is why we're also announcing a new $1,500 payment for those who have a confirmed case or a close contact and who can't rely on sick leave. This is about making sure that there's no financial reason for these people not to 
uh, isolate and uh, to go to work instead. Not to go to work instead. But anyway, so that's what they've basically come out saying. You'll get 1500 bucks if you test positive or even if you're just a close contact. Lo and behold, what have we then seen pretty much in the immediate aftermath of that new um, payment coming out, boys? What did we see? Oh, Ethan, what did, you, what did we see? Oh, well, it's all happening general first. Obviously, we saw a lot of, you know, hoaxery stories about, uh, you know, things spreading and whatnot. But then all of a sudden, big lockdowns in some of our most vulnerable communities, which yep. when you put two and two together payments being released then all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of hoax stories everyone goes and starts getting tested and all of a sudden the most vulnerable form the new clusters that's it's right. very interesting when you put these these connections together general isn't it funny yep that's right the most vulnerable the people who are obviously very hard up and need the cash they rush out and get tested and of course we have a massive spike in cases in victoria of course that's well, it, it's a no-brainer, like I said in the article. It is an absolute no-brainer. If you increase the testing, you're bound to get an increase in cases. Not deaths, just cases. These people will be fine. There will be no rise in the case fatality rate. All this will do is prolong the fake pandemic a little longer. Um, mm. Basically, that's, that's, that's the gist of the article that, um, there, boys, which was basically, yeah, you, you ramp up testing, offer well you offer people money if they become positive or if they're a close contact which then of course people rush to get tested apparently there were um there were queues there were lines there were there were long wait times at testing um areas because there was such a, a large rush once that announcement came out um and of course within a few days later ooh, 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 yep, tests are on i mean sorry cases are on the rise in victoria and now the whole state is in lockdown once again and uh it is just ridiculous and of course there's a little video there for people to have a look at as well where um the premier of course then comes out on tv saying that um you know they they need a a vaccine before this is before this is over basically and that's pretty much what uh we've been talking about for a long time as uh even even corbett did in his um who is bill gates documentary series that he put out of course the whole thing is about pushing vaccines and stuff on people as well obviously more to it than that but that's one of the big agendas there is to create these new rna style vaccines that haven't been tested anywhere and to then roll them out into the public and we will then become the uh the guinea pigs but andy so uh you've obviously seen a fair bit of stuff happening in the news and on Facebook and all that sort of stuff. But first of all, man, what do you take? What's your take on this? I mean, did, did, is that a, do, you, do you see this as a, as a massive no-brainer as well? You, in, you know, offer people money to get tested. What I mean, like, I don't understand how people don't see this. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? I'll go. I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take us all back to the uh, February episode. It's all a business plan, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it's, it's like you're flogging like, a dead horse it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's, no not really but you know it's all part of a business plan and like offering idiots money to, to get tested is just an acceptable expense right <laughs> because of course the end goal is like is like mass, vac mass vaccination and you've got to implement the fear pill before you can implement the business plan. So, yeah, look, it's... And 
that that putrid slime Daniel Andrews down there, he that and that Labor government down there are completely overtaken and overrun. They are absolute like oh, he's a dead set communist trash. too. Oh, absolutely, he's dead set. He's dead yeah, set. Fabian socialist or whatever. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's so obvious. He's in bed so with China. Absolutely, he's in bed with he's in bed in bed with anyone who has money, mm. including WHO, Gates Foundation, like China, whatever. However, however it comes, it doesn't matter as long as it's got a dollar sign in front of a number. It's like good enough. So, um, yeah, look, these poor buggers down there, you, you know, and like we've been discussing off air too, it's just it's rolling on, isn't it? You can just feel how it's ro- going to roll through Victoria. And then roll back through New South Wales, and then eventually spread yeah. out some <laughs> sort of cancer to other states in the country. Well, so it just—it has that feeling, and it has a feeling of a business plan, and it bloody well is. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it in, into perspective. If you if you are to believe, if anyone, anyway, I mean, I don't personally. I know you boys probably don't as well. That there is, of course, no fucking COVID nineteen. You know, it's not real. They've never isolated it. It's not a real fucking thing. But if you are to believe that it is, um, and they and that the people who have been tested and come back positive, it's point oh one eight percent of Melbourne's population that has COVID nineteen. Like, let that sink in. It's so minute. Even if it, if we are to believe the official story, it's so not even worth locking anything down. Like, I just don't understand how people can be so swept up in the fear and everything else about it that they just believe it and think everything's necessary and you know channel nine uh on their on their social media is putting out polls saying should should face masks be mandatory in victoria or or in the whatever it was you know what i mean like and you know i read i go through and read the comments it is hard to believe how many people actually do believe the uh, official narrative of this thing. They think there is a virus, they think that they could die, and they think that they need to be protected by it. It's just unbelievable how many people are fast asleep to this. Uh, but yeah, 0.018% of the population down there, at, uh, as of, I think it was yesterday or today, that's that, that number's accurate. And the whole state's been fucking locked down again. People in those apartment complexes that we were talking about before in Flemington. I mean, Flemington is a fairly ritzy area, but these there's i think there there was a whole block of apartments not just one building but there was a whole couple of them uh that have housed something like 3000 people and it was all when it was built it was designed as community housing so you know like i think up here in queensland we have housing commission homes which are like just cheap little homes that people can rent for f all or almost nothing really um but it's the same sort of situation down there it's like public housing and if there's any international listeners there yeah, it's the cheap places where the the poor people live. Basically, that's that's in, in its. Unfortunately, it's it's now in a ritzy area of Melbourne. Yeah, you got Flemington, which is where the the Melbourne Cup is held down there in Flemington, uh, in Victoria. We have the the, the, the country's biggest race, uh, and yeah, like I said, a lot of money down there across the road. There's like ritzy apartments across the road and all that, and this whole area of where these. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard this as well, uh, Ethan, but they're. Um, they're currently trying to redevelop that entire area, and there's even rezoning happening. Have you seen uh, any information on this? I'll just ask you first before I get into it. Have you seen that, Ethan, about this rezoning and redeveloping no. this this area? No, I hadn't seen anything, but it doesn't surprise me, mm. to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a 
a PDF here, and I'll put it in the show notes for, for folks to have a look at. Holland Court Flemington Redevelopment Site. There's a newsletter that was put out, um, and it's got a picture of the actual uh, whole bunch of the different apartment complex there. And so basically what they're planning on doing is knocking them down and, and building new ones, new modern ones, environmentally sustainable, blah, 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 all the usual terminologies in there. Um, yeah, there are options for Victorians and lower incomes to access affordable housing, new community assets including playgrounds and bike paths and community gardens, social housing delivery, creating diverse, inclusive and active communities, rejuvenating the social fabric in Flemington, natural and heritage aspects of the sites to be respected and retained where possible. Um, so basically what they're doing is they're, yeah, so the redevelopment timeline was uh, from mid-2019 they wanted to demolish, and they have been demolishing a lot of it in early to mid-2020, so this year. Um, and then they wanted to construction to commence during 2021 to 2022. So this whole area where this virus has been, you know, wreaking havoc among the poor people is now scheduled for, de- is scheduled for demolishment. Um, so what a good way to maybe lend credence to getting rid of it eh? and make it a bit easier for them to to get rid of these areas but i think they want to um knock it all down and the the key part of it is they want to rezone it so it's not going to be just for public housing there apparently will be a public housing aspect to it but they basically want to redevelop it and put private residences there meaning they want to sell it to the highest bidder and make a shitload of money out of it and put rich people back in the area and get rid of the poor people that's the that's the goal with this area right now. So I just thought it would be quite coincidental that this is the one area where they're locking down and there's, you know, 400 police present and, you know, they people can't leave their, their apartments, their rooms. They can't even go shopping for food or anything else. And this is all happening where they're redeveloping this area. Interesting, isn't it? What's your thoughts on that, uh, Ethan? Yeah, well, there you go, General. It's It's commonplace of what we've seen this entire saga you know them killing two three four birds with one stone you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's just they seem to swoop up everything all at the same time you know you see that it benefits one thing it benefits another and it to be quite frank it doesn't surprise me you know i actually had a friend who said that that you know this will probably be something that's going to be redeveloped look at the whole land that's there you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. and as as you're talking about they're trying to I, I was talking about this on the latest podcast, how, you know, not only is this a symbol of what happens when people are on government, you know, mass government dependency, you know, they're the first to be targeted, um, but it shows that they're they're targeting the poor first, you know what I mean? They don't, they're going, the poor are going to become poorer and poorer until, you know, there's, there's this mass poverty until the Agenda 2030 solutions are accepted with open arms, you know, yeah. and you, this is always creeping behind the scenes. So I, I can see those sorts of ties to it. Well, you what, know. Have, what have we seen recently where they're, you know, I mean, hello, bushfires and, and the Clara Project, it's the same sort of situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Redevelop all these areas, get rid of the people that are there, redevelop it all and put in the, the shit that they want there. That's It's just modus operandi, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've we've seen this, you know, comprehensive sort of remodeling of the country from smart cities to, you know, the Clara project, which is now being toted as a COVID-19 solution to, you oh, know, yeah. all of these things that are happening. 
you know, it, it just forms a common pattern general. And it seems like that there is a massive sort of redesigning that's going on. And just that description that you read out there, you know, sustainability, you know, renewable energy, all this type of stuff. It's just a commonplace of this new green smart world, which people are going to have to endure into the future. And the biggest victims of that are going to be, you know, the, the poorest of those um, people. And that's what we're seeing as well. So two birds with one stone right there, General. Yeah. And they're, they're talking in their, this document too. I've just posted it to our little podcast group so you can have a look at it as well, mate. Yeah. They talk about relocating. So, you know, relocating the, the current residences. Um, they'll pick up the tab for relocation efforts and... Um, it's full on. They got pictures of it in there. They, it's a whole big. It's a big deal. Like they've been doing this for a while. It's been in the planning for a long time. So, coincidence? Mm. I think not. But anyway, I can't. <laughs> can't. I can't prove that that's what they're doing and the reason why they're doing it all. And I can't prove that it's just you know other anything other than a coincidence that there's now you know mass COVID cases in this exact same spot. Uh, but there you go. I mean, yeah, the proof is in the pudding, really. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely behind the scenes, I, I feel. You know, my biggest thing immediately when I saw this story, General, was when else have you heard about 3,000 people in the towers? That's, you know, that's mm. what we're hearing all over the news, 3,000 people in these mm -hmm. towers. They're calling them towers. Well, that's the exact same number that we saw on 9-11 in the Twin Towers. Oh, that's 3, true. 3,000 people. Bit of there, yeah. So another coincidence there, but, you know, if you're someone like me, you know, that doesn't believe that there is such a thing as coincidences, you know, it's all symbology. Mm. You know, yesterday there was 191 new cases. It's just 9-11 scrambled. We know all these numbers are completely false, you know, and this has been the launching point for now. First, obviously, the, the units and had been locked down which they're calling towers, and now Greater Melbourne is locked down and we're seeing the borders shut. And as Andy was alluding to, we're seeing this business model now being played out. You know, this unchecked plane load that got off in New South Wales from Victoria. Where have they gone? All of these new stories of tests, of people coming over the border, of people testing positive. They're starting to now build it. The New South Wales Premier said yesterday that they're on high alert, that it's extremely likely that there could be a spike in cases there so 3,000 people in the towers was the instigator for this second wave hoax which as Andy said will spread throughout the rest of the country which was predicted all along you know mm -hmm. like we I was speaking to my members about this in early May there's a food for thought discussion on the website prepare for the second wave and this was early May when people were saying well What's going on, Ethan? What's what's wrong with um, all of this doom and gloom? Things are starting to open up again. It seems like COVID isn't here to last forever. But as you've mentioned, General, Dan Andrews said we're not going anywhere unless there's a vaccine. Scott Morrison said that this morning during mm -hmm. his press conference. This is the new normal. And just as we're just about to reopen at the last phase of this three-step plan, Oh, look out, Victoria ruins it all. And now Queensland's borders are going to open and we're just going to see this hoaxery continue to intensify because, you know, they need to keep it going. And this has been the ground zero for this launching pad, this, this bribery to get the tests and then, you know, targeting the most vulnerable. 
Actually, that's the other thing I was going to say too, Ethan. And Andy, I wanted to see if you've heard this as well. I just made a note because I saw it pop up in, again, one of the social media channels where someone said... uh, There was talks of, in in the Flemington Tower residence there, um, apparently they were were being offered $500 to be tested, not just $1,500 if they get positive or, or a close contact. But... Actually bribing them to take the test as well. That's yeah, that was another that. another revelation yeah. that came out. Yeah, because mm. I mean, I posted a video on uh, the Real News Australia Facebook page showing how uh, there was a, a couple, um, and I think they had a, possibly a newborn who hasn't left the building since they've been there since the lock or since before the lockdown as well. And he sort of just got back to their home, and then it was locked down. And these, you know, I don't even know if they're nurses, but these testers came around and they were filming the whole thing and they were really pushy. But they were like, well, we've been tested and we don't want to get our daughter tested because there's no reason to test her. We've, we're, we're negative. Um, you know, other kids are negative or whatever it was. And then she just keeps insisting on the test. And they're like, well, we told you we don't need the test. We don't want the test. We don't, you know, there's no, she, she won't have it because we don't have it. There's no reason, no way she could have it. This is what they're trying to tell this nurse. And, and then that, oh, I'll say nurse. I don't know if it's a nurse, but then the nurse says, oh, well, we're going to do the rest of the people on this floor. So if you want me to come back, I can come back. It'll take 30 seconds. And they're like, we just told you no, like stop, you know, and like she just goes on and on. It's just mm. ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, one thing I was going to mention too, with regards to that whole, all those numbers and things, I mean, uh, Adam had on his show just recently, his, his last show, um, I think it was Wednesday, he put it out, talking about that whole, all the numbers and the whole Dramatria side of it and all the numbers adding up to certain things. It was really interesting. He was interviewing a guy named Corey, but I don't know if you heard, you listened to his show yet, but it was a really good one. It was, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really know enough about it, but I thought it was quite interesting that yeah, because, you know, like A is 1, B is 2, C is 3, D is 4. You know, like they have a number, then it also works in reverse too. And, um, yeah, I don't really get too much about it because I haven't really looked into it too much. But I thought it was rather interesting that certain things like, you know, vaccination equals 33 and all these numbers keep popping up. 33 new cases and you're seeing it in the media all the time. And, um, yep. yeah, it was really interesting. So it just, yeah, just made me that. remember it. Yeah, yeah, Andy, did you see all that sort of stuff too with regards to that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen numbers. And yeah, numbers crazy. and symbology are extremely important to yeah, these people. powerful. Extremely, yeah, mm. extremely. If you don't, that's another. That's a whole thing, you know. As John LeBond said in his latest video talking about the Melbourne lockdown, it's one thing to understand the media fakery and that, you know, the government's not there to help you and all this type of stuff. But if you don't understand why they're doing it, the larger things at play there, then you're sort of missing out on that other side of the picture. And when you see the occult elements that are always involved with everything that's going on and the symbolism that's out there, um, you know, you start to see some of the bigger pictures behind seemingly meaningless events, you know, like Tom Hanks getting the coronavirus, you know, most people wouldn't see that, but that was a huge sink because of the things that he was talking about in prior speeches, where he was going, his movie Inferno about a plague, you know, all of this mm, symbolism. Mm. It's just a tiny little news event to people. Oh, Tom Hanks has the coronavirus. But when you see, when you understand sink and symbology and, and, and study this type of thing, you see that everything is calculated and, you know, this is the path that, that it's heading. You know, Corona is is six six six. You know, six yeah, letters. Yeah, that's right. It is too, and it comes to sixty six. Mm. 
So, you know, I don't think that's a coincidence. Definitely not. Um, just your comments um, before about those nurses and that traipsing up and down and trying to get people to, to, to be tested, it's it, like it really smells to me that they're on commission. They must be. They must, they must be on incentives like numbers, like to the amount of people that they test, the amount of like extra bonuses that they get. I don't know. I just think that they believe it, mate. I just think that they just got people that fully believe that this is uh, a pandemic and that this virus is killing, you know, causing deaths worldwide, you know. And I just think that they believe the lies that they've been told and they're just volunteering. I don't know if they're volunteering or they're just on the clock. They probably... Well, consider this, man. The, the hospitals are fucking empty as it is there's hardly any you know their, their census counts are so low in hospitals around you know in every city so they've got all these nurses around doing nothing or they've sent so many of them home and cut all their shifts well they've got all these nurses on the standby ready to go to fucking do something they've been bored at home <laughs> for so long uh, why not roll them out you, roll can... them out for this tower to get to run all the tests and stuff you know what i mean <laughs> i can tell you like you know like privately like um you know uh, private doctors private surgeons are absolutely screaming about this thing because they've they've kept all of the um the hospitals basically open for the the wave of patients and they're not allowing surgeons to do general work so yeah you know all the elective um, stuff yeah which i think they are it's gone in queensland that's gone they're allowed to doing it again now i'm pretty sure um one of my clients He's an orthopedic surgeon. I'm pretty sure he's back at work now. Okay. Yeah, but you're right. They they did. They stopped all that for no for no fucking reason at all. Um, That's right. Yeah, it's just it's just insane. Yeah. And one of one of the interesting things that I saw was that as a result of that, um, so many GPs and medical centres in regional Australia are pretty much dead for the wind now. You know, so they're going to close up shop, and this is this move to telehealth. You know, online health for mm. regional Australia. So it seems like again that two birds with one stone. You know, this it's affected the the, the medical industry. You know, and it's affected regional Australia the, the worst. You know, there's so many struggling out there at the moment. Um, you know, just have a just look it up. I think there was a good article on the conversation, which you know I can link to in the show notes on the website. But yeah, it's it's really getting tough for people out there and this is what's going to happen to melbourne again melbourne going into lockdown for six weeks boys what they've they barely even come out of it yeah I know. They, this is not good news for the businesses in in melbourne and greater region melbourne all the people there for that matter good time to andy good time to go and, and buy up some businesses for pennies on the dollar mate <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean i just i'm really i really like fear that that you know what's what the future is going to lead to this country you know and it's not much not much good having a business if everyone around you has gone broke as well (laughs) you know well i mean well see everyone around you is is getting government money they're just getting handouts you know it's it's the government printing presses are just running overtime you know does that mean we're going to see a big spike in inflation as well i'm not sure maybe um absolutely i'm already seeing I mean, they were ne- the governments around the country were, were never going to get out of debt anyway. The, the debt is is there as a again as a more of a control mechanism. Really, we're never meant to get out of that debt. We're just meant to keep borrowing, and 
we are Absolutely. of course then subservient to the lender which is of course the the banks that are lending governments all this money but i found oh, um sorry go sorry, no no you go before uh, i do. just if you, if you get on to like banks and stuff i reckon if you look at the international banks like central banks, I think you're looking really, you're staring at the face of like the people that are behind all of this, really. That, yeah. that and of course in pharmaceutical industry, but like central bank, I mean, these people are cleaning up. They basically put numbers, zeros in a, in a computer and press enter and the country pays like, like tons more in interest repayments, like real money. Mm. I mean... It's not. I mean, you just have to look at who's benefiting out of all of this sort of thing to work out, you know, where it all comes well, from. It's financing this stuff. There's another angle on that too, Andy, which is regards to this whole bail-in stuff. So we've um, the deals have been done in this country, so we're locked into bail-in stuff if if the need is there, right? But what what also changed back in the day? I think it was when the G20 was in Brisbane, Ethan. These deals were done. Um, to allow, uh, what was the, there's a, oh, I'm trying to think of the, the, the institution, it just got signed off on and they just went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it'll come to me. It's not the BIS, but they're attached to the BIS, the Bank for International Settlements. Um, anyway, it'll come to me. But uh, So they're going to allow them to, you know, banks to, to take all your deposits and stuff. But what it really means is, I mean, every every bit of money that we've got in the bank account, we're, we're technically lending money to the banks and they're allowed to do whatever they want with that money. And if they then go and gamble it all and lose it all in the markets and stuff, which they do, then they're secured by the bail-in laws anyway. So uh, I think actually if, if folks want to go on and listen to James Corbett did a, um, a recent um, podcast on this, just, uh, shit, might have even been today, it came out. Uh, I'll see if I can find it. Where are the? Will there be bail-ins? First uh, of July, he did a video, so it was really good. Um, and he talks about this whole thing with the BIS and the other institution, which I can't think of right now. If it comes to me, it comes to me. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. And talking about that whole situation with regards to the money and the debt and all this sort of stuff, because people were worried about a recession. And I think we even one of our listeners had that question for him when we interviewed him. They talked about. Is there going to be a recession, or, or are we in a depression or a recession right now? And and he was basically like, "Yeah, well, it's definitely coming. It could already be here." Um, to me, it, with regards to these further second wave, more lockdowns, and if that spreads across the country, we're oh, geez, we're we're hundred percent in it. We're you know up to our necks. Um, what I was going to say before though was I found that link um, with regards to the testing and bribing. So Channel Nine put an article called Lockdown Tower Resident Claims Health Officials Bribed Her to Take COVID-19 Test. And there was a quote that says, apparently uh, testing is not compulsory in the towers. However, residents are being bribed with a payment that they would get uh, regardless. They said that, this is a quote now, they said that we're out here to do the test. And we said, no, we don't have to do the test at all. They're like, we'll give you $750 if you take the test. He, my partner, is like, no, thank you. I don't need the money. They're bribing us, she said. So that's that's a quote in the article as well. Uh, but I just wanted to just uh, reiterate, I'll put that in the show notes for folks as well so they can have a look at it. But that's really interesting as well. Um, yeah, that whole money side of thing, Ando, is real interesting. Um, and I think we'll we'll definitely do some podcasts in the future with regards to that whole you know money, money creation, lending, um, all, all that sort of stuff. It's a massive rabbit hole to go down with that whole banking stuff and, and where it all ties into. 
real a real rabbit warren so to speak yeah. but let's cross over to uh, um, yeah. No. yeah it is it would be good we can probably do a few part series on that one actually man for some of the um yeah. patreon only people it would be really good uh let's head over to tottnews.com so we've covered the stuff that i wanted to put up on incentivizing um covid19 the article i put up which has gone around done quite well uh ethan let's get over to to yours man um a whole bunch of stuff going up of course at tottnews.com the one thing that was um i thought was really interesting because we're all here doing what we're doing right now we're the critical thinkers we're talking about all this we're trying to get it out in the open we're trying to spread the truth and wake people up and obviously we're not alone there's massive communities on on social media doing the same sort of thing and um you know we're starting to see there was a bit of a groundswell you know and whenever there's a bit of a groundswell and they can see that people aren't buying the narrative the system likes to bite back and to, to clamp down on that sort of thinking um now you've put up this article on the 7th of July mate. I'll let you um, just t- just take us through that one now if you could man yeah thanks General and you're right it has been a, a wave this year you know from the bushfires to COVID to everything that's happening you know we've seen you know 5G for example we've seen an, an explosion of, of coverage of these topics and more so coverage of so called conspiracies and conspiracy theorists getting more traction you know, from, you know, 60 Minutes episodes to Channel 9 to all of these types of places all demonising it because of how much it's growing and because of how much these theories are going viral. Well, this is now the combination of pushes that the government have been doing for a few years now since, well, at least since the the Christchurch shooting happened and they were, they've been pushing the UN and other world bodies for greater internet censorship lobbying. Um, but certainly in the wake of the bushfires and now COVID-19, what the new news is, is that the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, they're going to establish a new task force to counter, in their words, quote, online disinformation campaigns in a bid to further clamp down on on social media activities, which will expand, obviously, to the broader internet past that. It's sort of just a front to get in. And what I wanted to detail in this piece was some additional information that I found. It's like, well, who is this task force? What are they going to do? And on the public side of things, what we've seen is this task force has been justified as we need to establish it to look out for threats of cyber hacking and national security. They keep harping on about how Russia supposedly influenced the 2016 election in the United States. And, you know, there's been bots and all of these types of foreign meddlers and interferers that have been attacking our country. So we need a task force to to, to bid off Russia and China. This is what they're saying on, on the public side of things. This is what Scott Morrison in particular has been harping on about. But when you really look at where they're trying to take this and what they classify as disinformation within Australia, you can see that behind the scenes, it doesn't really match up what they're saying. No. And this is because, as I just mentioned before, there has been a co- coerted, like a cooperative collective campaign to attack free thinkers, critical thinkers throughout the bushfire saga, throughout COVID-19. And this has been the only evidence of disinformation campaigns that they want to attack. And so what I do here is I make the links that 
this task force won't be established for foreign interferers like China and Russia. It's really going to be established to come after people like you, people like our listeners, people like myself that are spreading these so-called theories. And I found this little key um, part because our current foreign minister, uh, Maurice Payne, she was giving an address to the National Security College about all of these new changes that were happening. And she actually said herself that the there has been a, a, a campaign of disinformation in Australia, which has intensified during the bushfires. So she mentions this in her speech. And this is to the National Security College. So on one hand, they're saying it's Russia and China. But behind the scenes, she's saying it's started really with bots during the bushfire crisis. And then this was finally, um, this was finally handed down. Suppose, uh, very ironically, gentlemen, at the exact same time that this task force had been announced, last month in June, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, they handed down a new report which specifically names conspiracy theorists, especially conspiracy theories of a high-speed rail line between Sydney and Melbourne, and now COVID-19 conspiracies. This report by ACMA actually names these types of individuals spreading this message as the key culprits. And as we know, ACMA and all of these bodies, they give the recommendations to government, which then form the legislative pieces. So when we take a step back and look, General, it, it doesn't seem like this task force is going to be used for some external imaginary threat. They've been talking about who the real disinformation agents are this entire year. It's in the reports, it's in the press conferences. So why are we to think that this task force isn't going to be targeting critical thinkers? I don't think that's the case, and that's what I argue in this piece at TOTTnews.com. So I'll throw over to you, General. Do you see where I'm coming from with this? On one hand, they're saying we're the disinformation agents, but to the public, they're saying, no, no, we're establishing this for Russia and China. What are your thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, <laughs> they're selling us. That's the bots. It's the bots. the bots. There's bots everywhere. We've got to protect ourselves against the bots because the bots are Russian and uh, you know they're spreading lies and we can't keep up with them. So we need a special task force to target the bots because of Putin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what they're trying to sell us on. You know what I mean? And there's idiots out there that'll fucking eat that up with a spoon too. But no, you're right. It's um, this is this is really um, definitely more about well, it's about that sort of you know quashing dissent and you know anything that goes against the narrative anything that goes against the the paradigm that is set in place this is the way things are do not believe anything other than the mainstream media because we tell the mainstream media what to print in a, you know if you don't, if you see anything other than, you know to the contrary of that then it's got to be a conspiracy theory and uh, we need a task force to go and do something about that i don't know what they're going to do about it but i mean yeah they're going to target I guess critical thinkers like us or you know all these bots or whatnot but what are they going to do does that mean they're going to have them have the power to what to what block our website to to shut us down i don't know what mm. the actual course of action is going to be but um i mean that's have you heard of anything is there is there something in place that you've seen ethan that 
uh, sorry, sorry to turn that back on you, but have you seen something that would say what their course of action is going to be if they get their way and have this task force? Yeah, General. Well, it's interesting because obviously this task force is pretty fresh, but what I tried to make the connections, and this is what I go on in the, the final uh, part of the piece um, on the website there, is so on one hand, here comes the task force. They're saying it's for foreign meddlers. We really know that they're doing a campaign to target conspiracy theorists and critical thinkers. You know, we've seen 5G results were through the roof. The bushfires theory exploded. You know, all of these things are just taking off. There's been a massive wave of people becoming aware of these issues. And so they want to target these types of things. And so one of the things that I believe that they're going to do is you know we're, we're seeing a, a purge already begin you know max egan's had his youtube channel deleted we're seeing other people starting to have their channels deleted you know there's there's going to be more of this type of targeting of this is fake news label this is fake news restrict his reach you know three strikes you're out all this type of stuff is going to come in but i think it's also to target individuals as we enter this new like think of the timing we're just about to enter the second wave all across the world japan all these countries are just having a second wave now we're just about to enter this period and they bring out a, a task force to target disinformation agents so when you think about it it almost to me seems like it's an individual level it almost seems to me that they're going to use this task force to to target who are some of the influential people and and some of the let's say you know sort of the stakes that are in the road that are sort of getting people towards them and i argue in this piece the tools have already been in place and this actually explains some of the prior moves that we've spoken about over the last two years so remember the government has been pressuring facebook to create backdoors into their encrypted messaging services they passed the anti-encryption legislation here in Australia so that, that, that apps and businesses are forced to create backdoors for the government to mm -hmm. enter. You know, we're seeing, we've already seen data retention legislation. We've seen the Australian government pass laws for internet service providers to block domains that promote harmful content. So all of these things were coming out over the last two years or three years, boys, and... We, they haven't really been used, but what if they were all just the building blocks as tools to be used by this task force? For me, it seems like this is, is the perfect connection. You know, what better way to target now disinformation agents than to be able to access all of their apps, have backdoors, be able to shut down websites and pressure social media companies to, you know, get rid of people that you don't like. It seems like that's the targeting method that they're going to use. And I wouldn't be surprised if it starts to intensify as this uh, COVID hoax continues, gentlemen. What are your thoughts on that, it's General? All the more reason to, to, I guess, maybe start backing everything up that you've got onto maybe some blockchain technology that, you know, can't that they can't get rid of or can't do anything about, you know, like there's... Hmm. Um, yeah, like you said, everything's in place. They've got all these, all the little you know, chess pieces are in position now, um, and they've just made the next move, which um, is now this task force. So, 
I guess it's something we've got to keep an eye on, see if, um, if there's anything that pops up in the news that um, they'll want to sort of, I guess, glad handle and say that, oh, look what we've done. You know, we've managed to do this and we've managed to do that. And I guess keep our finger on the pulse of what they're doing with this task force, if anything at all. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know, is it is it, is it all just pure propaganda from on their end? You know, maybe they're just saying they're going to go and do all this stuff to make themselves look good. I don't know. Uh, probably not. They probably are going to do something about it. But I, I still wonder, you know, uh, I, I just wonder what kind of drastic measures they'll take to, to do something and if there's going to be any recourse, you know, like, you know, when, mm. when YouTubers get their channel shut down and blocked or whatever, or you get kicked off Facebook and you try and, you can't, you know, you can't appeal that decision or if you try to, it's it's an instant, well, your, your appeal was unsuccessful. Like, well, what do you mean it was unsuccessful? Like, yeah. it's just clicking a button, you know, like, um, is there going to be any recourse if they sort of, you know, take your website and go, oh, you've been sharing too much stuff, the task force is doing this and taking this course of action. Mm. Uh, okay, well, what can I do about that? Well, I don't know. Nothing, it seems, maybe. Um, you've just lost your life's work. Um, you know, it's just, it could, could be really tough for some people. It could be tough for perhaps even someone in your position. Um, maybe yeah, if- well, look at Max Egan. He just lost, what, 270,000 subscribers, thousands of videos on his YouTube channel. He said, uh, what, 13 years of his life's work. Again, all the more reason not to be on there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's why I've tried to sort of build my own platform and I'm trying not to use these sites as much as possible yeah. I mean have them you that's know. fine but you don't rely on them solely you yeah know? just if you do have them keep selling people I'm not going to keep this channel forever I'm going to you know if if you're on here you need to be on this other one as well because they will shut this down and you'll lose everything blah 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 you know you just got to I guess yep. don't put all your eggs in one basket and diversify a little bit in regards to where you're putting your content you know yeah absolutely and and I have hope that you know with it almost seems like it's too late. Like, again, and I'm more, this is where we get into the deeper topics of things. I'm more of the, you know, perspective that everything's a hoax out there. So none of it's all real. But if we get into it, and even if you believe that this task force is, you know, real and is coming after, it's going to come after people, you know, it seems like it's almost too late. You know, it seems like, and this is one of the beautiful mechanisms of capitalism, is there's so many people awake that if everyone starts getting shadow banned and actually banned, it seems like the, the dream of alternative sites becoming the main thing would actually become a reality then. Mm. You know, it seems like the only thing stopping sites like MeWe and all this type of stuff from growing and BitTube and all this type of stuff is that people still have the main platforms there. So what would happen if everyone got purged with the amount of numbers that are sort of awake to this at the moment? I think that it could backfire on these companies, you know, and and I don't think that these companies will give in understanding that so easily. You know, people talk a lot of crap about Facebook and, and all of this type of stuff, but they've fought back pretty hard against a lot of things that the governments have tried to do to them, at least on the on the surface level. Because they understand how capitalism works. They understand that if all of these people leave, they must have the metrics there of how many people are talking about conspiracies and how many groups there are and how many profiles there are. They'd have all that. Mm. So they would know that if these people leave, that it's going to be a hit to them financially. So I don't think that it's... I think it's a lot more of a complicated balance than, than people think, you know, and that's why I think it'll be an individual targeting approach come after specific figures rather than everyone so that they can still keep their monopoly but don't, don't they didn't just risk them making a martyr out of some of these people and then increasing their 
you know they're following in you know exponentially that's that's exactly you know exactly. Um, but yeah. You, yeah i think and that's where it'll backfire on them too you know like max egan and stuff might get more well, support because well, of that you know? to me that then if that's your line of thinking and if that's correct then then i guess my hypothesis that this could just be pure propaganda on their part that kind of lends credence to that because you know, they, they could just this could just be their attempt at a poor control mechanism. Of, let's just say we're going to do this. Let's just put this out there. We've got all these things in place to say we can do all this. We're going to crack down on all this, and then we start self censoring ourselves. Maybe that's the goal for them. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I definitely think for the social media aspect, that is for sure the case. You know, I don't think I, I think a lot of people are more. I think they get social media concerns too much in their head you know what i mean uh, as opposed to other things yes there are concerns there but for me it's more troubling the like things like the anti-encryption legislation and stuff if there was a task force that was going to do something they wouldn't use social media and whatnot that actually come through your phones and target you and and come into your real life it wouldn't be this social media thing so yeah i don't think that it's going to happen on that thing but i'm still keeping an eye on it just in case this task force is legitimately going to target people in real life with measures that are that are beyond this discussion of you know is it a business decision etc i think you know that would be the only real possibility mate ethan i think it's worked i think this whole self-censorship thing has worked you know to a t i mean andy's gone he's he's dead quiet he's (laughs) self-censored where's andy gone (laughs) there he is there he is the bots I'm, haven't got I'm him. Looking over, <laughs> I'm the overlord. He's writing notes for his agents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Feverishly writing things in the background to dob us in. I knew we couldn't trust him. <laughs> Mulder and Scully are watching you. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts, Ando? Take us through your your version of events uh, on this thing. Do you do you reckon there is anything to this, um, or is this this really is a big deal? Uh, yeah, it is a big deal, actually, because it's more erosion of freedoms. It's more more of an Orwellian rollout. And it's been we've been talking about this since day one. And we've all talked about Facebook and YouTube being, you know, like deplatforming people like two, three, four years ago, you know. And look, finally, it's here. Um, you know, like, but look, technology is a funny thing, you know, like even... The way I see it, it's like it's like plugging holes up in a, in an old, you know, like wall that's leaking. You know, humans will always find a way to get information out, even if the big majors block it and ban people. You know, while it's probably a little bit uncomfortable for people like Max and you know others. Um, look, I, I, I'm I'm really certain that. The way technology is, that truthers will always be able to get the information out on other platforms, and uh, and there's always a way to monetize things that people wanna wanna listen to. And really, you know, like people have grown up a lot, you know, in in, in the space of even five years, and people really, really do want to get alternative news. So while that thirst for information and quality information exists, I think. I think it's just. I think it's just. We're just going through big changes, and you know, like there's just like a bit of pain on the way. Um, but like you know, I just. I don't think it's the end of the world. I really don't. I think. I think everything. Everything will be okay in mm. the end. 
you know. So seeing, they seeing can't shut down the internet. Yeah, they can't shut down networks. I mean, look at China. You know, they've got the great firewall of China, but people still get online and get stuff out. You know, there is, where there's a will, there's a way. That's the thing, you know, like, so while it's uncomfortable and while it's annoying and while it's, you know, like, like it's, a, you know, like it's kind of a bit of amazing at the time that you think these ma- massive things like YouTube and, and like Facebook and stuff are doing what they're doing, then like, um, you know, like there's just opportunity for other smaller platforms which will then take the space. So mm. you- yeah, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried. YouTube was only good up until Google bought it and then it went to shit. <laughs> yeah, like like always. Yeah. You know? so, um, so, yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting how desperate some of these, like, you know, you know, these systems have become, like, like banning people and trying that to do all that sort of thing. But like everyone knows, too, you, you ban things, you tell people that they can't look at certain things, and what does it do for the popularity? I mean, honestly, like, so... You know, they then they're often not real smart on how they how they how they handle things. Yeah. Well, boys, I think yeah. uh, that might we might wrap that up there. I mean, there's anything else you want to add, uh, Ethan, to to that discussion at all? No, just as always, you know, we'll keep a keep an eye on it. Mm. We'll keep, continue to follow it. I do expect that there will be some type of activity, but again, I th- <laughs> I think people. Again, get things mixed I, up, and I think people. I, you, I think I, I, people I bet you will get... see activity new in election with regards to that task force. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't. I don't yeah. I, yeah. There's not much they can do in the meantime. It's. I think they've missed. I reckon they've missed the boat with this COVID nineteen stuff for this task force. But um, I reckon we'll definitely see some action with regards to it around an election time. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. It definitely seems like it's centred for that type of thing for elections, you know, but, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on it as always. And it's obviously been a very popular article. So jump on to tottnews.com and check that out. And um, yeah, it's all there for you. Awesome. Um, we should get Max on the show, Andy. Um, oh, man, I might get you so to re- reach out to him if you can, maybe. And um, yeah, just sure. yeah, throw it out there, see if he wants to come on for a chat. Be good. He's a good bloke. Um, I want to do a, just a quick shout out to Ray Stitt uh, Ray you will probably listen to this before you receive your stickers because I have posted them to you I was a bit late getting them over to you mate but I've managed to get them over to you tell you what the post office near me there's no parking like it's a shit little spot and you got to park so further, so much further away and like near a shopping centre and <laughs> quite often I've got my trailer on my ute and I just never bloody get over there and like ah. Oh. It's not worth the walk. <laughs> Sometimes when I joke, because oh. when I've got the trailer on, man, like I've got to take up like five five car spaces just to sort of get a park. You know what I mean? Um, so it was just every time I tried to, to post him his stickers, I just couldn't get in there for a park. But I managed to get there like a couple of days ago. So Ray, if you're listening to this, um, you should have them shortly in the mail, in the mail, brother. And thanks again for your support. We do appreciate it. Um, oh, just to interrupt, just quickly, yeah, yeah, general. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't believe like around around my place. Like how many stickers are on like public, you know, utilities like bus stops and oh man, because they're freaking. Someone's like put them everywhere. All I can see <laughs> when I'm walking around the town is Real News Australia, <laughs> News, on absolutely everything. Honestly, someone yes. someone has 
bombed the whole area. I don't know who. But oh, I wonder who had. that could be. Interesting, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've done oh, the same, Andy. I've been, just, I've been just, peppering every bus stop I drive past. I swear to God, I put one on a bus stop somewhere. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> you have to tell me your address, Ethan. I don't know where you've moved to now. I'll have to post you some, man, so you can have a couple and just you can promote your stuff on there as well because it's got your website on there too, man. So yeah, just just bomb the city. Yeah, yeah, man. I'll give you. I'll I'll send you a whole bunch of them. All right. Well, um, I think we might wrap that up for for this one, then, boys. Um, let's keep a close eye on uh, what's happening in uh, in Victoria. If there's any other f- future and further developments that, uh, if we need to rush on and chat about, we'll we'll get together again for that one. Otherwise, New South Wales lockdown imminent. Well, you we'll called it. I think on. I think Adam called it first in our little chat group that we're in. Um, he's been hinting and sharing some stuff, saying that he's next. You know, because he's in New South Wales. So um, <laughs> I think he could be right. Um, watch this space, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know when. How much is enough? Is going to be enough with the Australian public? Like, oh, especially mate. here in Southeast Queensland, like. Okay, we've gone through this nonsense for three months. Like, we've basically crucified tourism sector in, in this state. So we're all basically back to, like, some sort of normality now. If it goes backwards, what are people going to do? Let's just take the, the um, tourism sector. For, what, if, what if this, like criminal government says the tourism sector again sorry guys we're going to put you back into lockdown or like is enough when is it going to be enough well see when they when they started touting at the start andy that this could take you know 10 years to recover from business you know take businesses could could take businesses 10 years to recover from and major industries and uh, all that sort of stuff 10 years to recover I, I I didn't believe that figure. I was like, no way. Like, there's no way it will take that long to recover from something as stupid as a couple of months or, you know, this pathetic little lockdown that they've got, blah, blah, blah. But you're right. If they roll out another wave, then I guess maybe they they were their, their pre-prediction of knowing exactly that the second wave was going to come and that this whole 10-year figure, it really could. I mean, you're really going to destroy not just families, not just businesses, but you're going to destroy industries with this sort of thing. It's... And it will take a long time to recover from. And uh, yeah, I think we're just we're fucked. If they if they do it again here in Queensland, um, I just fear for the majority of people. I mean, I'll, I'll be all right. I'm sure you know. Hopefully, you you've managed to survive through this thing. Um, yeah, but and it's Ethan's not so much about me or now, you. But I know that. But I'm talking about like we'll be okay. But I know what I mean. But like, what about the rest of Queensland? What about the rest of the public out there? You're right, man. Like, yeah. Well, that's, that's why I'm worried about Melbourne right now. Six yeah, weeks. Another six weeks. That's crazy. That's crazy And like talk. you said, we were just on the out of it. We were nearly out of this whole thing. We were just getting back to normal, and they went, nope, you're yeah. all fucked. We're going to lock you down again because of something we've made up. And again, like I said, those figures before don't lie. 0.018% of Mel- Melbournians um, currently have COVID-19, if you can even <laughs> call it that, because... Um, it doesn't even exist, folks. That's the official <laughs> line from us. There is no COVID-19. They have not isolated it. They cannot isolate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, How can they test for something that they can't prove exists? So what tests are they doing? You know, what are they showing? They're showing jack shit. It is, yeah. I mean, if if, uh, if intent, if the prime, you know, was the president of Tanzania can pull a Swifty and have his intelligence services have, um, you guys heard about this, didn't you? When he had a, he had a pawpaw tested, 
you know, and it came back positive for coronavirus for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? He knew there was something going on and it was dodgy as hell. So they did a Swifty and, you know, they had a goat and a rabbit and a few other things tested. And, you know, a lot of them all came back positive. And they're like, well, um, hello, how can that be so? Someone's lying here. There you go. Anyway. Oh, man. Clown world. Yeah. Big time, eh? I like that new saying, clown world. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> definitely in that alright well folks uh, thanks again uh, for all the listeners out there who are subscribed please do share the podcast um, throw it a like throw it a share throw us throw us a fiver roll it up and throw up the internet towards me Ethan even Adam over at the Crazfires as well we, we do need your support and um, like I said big big stuff happening in the future lots more content coming your way folks um, and you've got exciting times happening over there at tottnews.com as well Andy, thanks again for coming on, brother. Always appreciate the insights. And you too, Ethan, uh, as always. Good to have the boys back together for this one. Hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Absolutely, mate.